wasting your time on us. Go do better things. This is We Have Concerns. Hi, Jeff Kanata. Hi, Anthony Carboni. Hello, concerned citizens. Jeff, do you miss commuting? I do not. I do not. You do not miss commuting. I mean, there's one aspect of commuting that I do miss, and that What's is that? Uh, listening to podcasts, quite frankly. And I, I miss the people that would listen to my podcasts because all my podcasts Boy, are down in the numbers. <laughs> I, I'll tell you what, it certainly is hard without people commuting. Uh, listen, the podcast well hath runneth yeah. dry. I mean, because <laughs> I'm the same way. Podcasts for me are for the gym or for uh, or for driving. Yeah. Or for like at the grocery store. Hey, I don't do that shit, my guy. Right. Yeah. I'm stuck in a box. Those hours like evaporated and, and got turned into something else, you know? Yeah. They, I still live those hours somehow. I still live those hours and I don't feel like I have more time. But somehow the hours that were sitting in a car enjoying podcasts now are just used up some other way. I don't get it. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, a study says that uh, 40% of the workforce, you know, that has been able to telecommute during COVID-19, uh, they're saving an average of about an hour a day, which used to be spent commuting. Yeah. Where does it go, though? Where does that time go? I don't Where get it. does I don't, that time go? I don't have a little bucket full of time at the end of the day that I haven't used up. No, you don't. And and I think a lot of people think, oh, well, my commute's gone and I have this extra hour or or an hour is the average. I mean, some people are commuting, you know, extremely like if you, yeah. you were going to, you were going to a studio in, in LA a couple times a week that was at least 45 minutes to an hour from your oh, place. It was an hour. Yeah. I was, I was, it was a solid hour of commute mm -hmm. and, uh, and I was fortunate because there's people who are doing double that, you know, in, oh, yeah. in this area. So it's certainly there are people that, uh, commute a lot. And the interesting thing here is so like the morning commute according to studies, is the least favorite part of the day. Huh. Across all surveys, across all studies, across everything, people's least favorite part of their day is the morning commute. Yeah. Commute home, third least favorite. I would imagine that the second least favorite is just working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you hate the most going to work what do you hate after that working what do you hate third most going home from work am i right everybody yeah am i fucking yeah. right here's fourth, my type five unfortunately fourth is uh being home <laughs> we've built ourselves a real society haven't we oh my we what unfortunately it's a it's a problem there's no there's no upside what do you yeah. like what, what's your favorite part of the day do you have a favorite yeah that like sleep Four minutes when I'm going to sleep. <laughs> yeah, the four minutes on the couch where I'm drifting off to bake off <laughs> and nothing can hurt me <laughs> if I have to. Have, uh, and the, oh, so but so you like sleeping? No, no, no. I like that four minutes. I have horrible night terrors <laughs> because of how because of how terrible my life is. Yes, very uh, unrestful, fitful sleep. But the four minutes where I'm drifting off, oh, mm, chef's Ugh. kiss. Though I will say I enjoy that four minutes a lot less uh, now that Mel, Sue, Mary, Barry, and Sandy have all left. So, <laughs> eh. <laughs> I'd say my satisfaction index is way down. <laughs> uh, 
Well, so the reason I ask about this is because um, the morning commute being the least loved part of the day, I'm going to say is least loved. You like that glass half full that I did there? Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Language matters. Language matters. So here's the thing. Commuting has always been a constant of human life, even before we think about uh, modernization and white collar, white collar jobs or blue, like Hmm. whatever. Commuting has always, if you think about hunting, hunter gatherers, right? You got to commute to the, to the, to the pelt store. You got to, you got to commute to the, to the hunting ground. You got to commute to the fishing hole. You gotta. You can't. You can't just here. leave the cave. Yeah, you can't leave the cave, and then there's food immediately. The animals won't stay near your cave. You got to go find yeah. the hunting ground. And that's what why we it's found, always better to be a gatherer. You know, gotta Team be a gatherer. gatherer. Hey, but at the same time, you pick all those berries that are close to your cave. You're still walking a half hour to pick more berries. Damn it! You're right. You're and right. what we've what we found is throughout <laughs> history, uh, there was there's an Italian physicist in uh, 1994 cesar marchetti who wrote a paper hey marchetti uh an anthropological invariant in travel behavior um where he he looked at basically all commuting throughout time and what (laughs) he found out is that we as humans have always been willing to spend a total of one hour a day commuting to and from work that is that is the most we we are we are fine spending (laughs) anything over that and our happiness quotient immediately drops. That's interesting. I wonder what, what, what that threshold is tied to because it seems fairly arbitrary that an hour, I mean, an hour sucks, but over an hour does suck. You know, (laughs) Well, remember this is both ways. So it's, it's a half hour, one way, a half hour, the other way. So for Ah. somebody like you who was commuting an hour, an hour each way for two hours a day. I already you were dipped high in. Up. I was already dipping into the uh, the dissatisfaction index. You were way into the dissatisfaction <laughs> index. You were a hundred percent over. That explains a lot, right? It probably, and you were probably <laughs> miserable, right? Oh. You were probably miserable when you were like thinking about the job home. It turns out that, or the drive home. It turns out that this is called now Marchetti's constant. Mm. Um. The higher you go up on Marchetti's constant for your commute to work, the higher proportionally your unhappiness throughout your day is in yeah, general. It's not just I totally, totally feel that that it's not just the the time you're in the car. That is the unhappy part that it, it totally permeates every aspect of life when you have been commuting for the two hours the whole day suffers yeah <laughs> it's it's not just the you're th- uncomfortable bit when you're sitting in the car it's you're like getting ready God damn for the it. commute you're commuting you're thinking <laughs> yes. about the commute the misery of the commute on the way the traffic yeah. the horrible shit that went down then throughout your work day you're thinking like fuck and then i gotta then i gotta go like an hour fucking home too yeah like yeah and it changes everything um further studies have shown that actually the ideal commute time For most people, both their stated ideal commute time and the commute time that uh, gave people the most happiness was about 16 minutes. (laughs) Eight minutes there, eight minutes back. Uh, Good luck finding that uh, piece of housing. (laughs) 
Listen, in my giant mega my giant mega city one corporate fucking apartment complex, it takes me eight minutes to get to my car. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. <laughs> yeah. That's, I'm like, that's I'm like walking down multiple labyrinthine hallways to get to an <laughs> elevator to get to a giant parking garage where I have an assigned spot. Exactly. Like, yeah, that's Marchetti's constant. It's more Marchetti's joke is the eight, eight minutes. There's no there's no universe where we can commute in eight minutes. Come on. <laughs> Come on. But here's the thing, Jeff. Here's the thing. Here's the reason why I asked you if you miss commuting. There have been other studies. And these other studies show that we are missing something important in the year of our Lord God, I guess it's 2021 right now, in the year of our Lord 2021, by having our commutes taken from us. Podcasts. I said podcasts. That's what we're missing. It's podcasts. podcasts. This study actually was funded by Gimlet and Spotify. (laughs) So, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Commuting acts as a psychological buffer. Hmm. A psychological yeah. buffer that is needed. It is a transition it, from work to not work, right? Exactly. Yeah. Not only is it a transition from work to not work, it is it is almost like the liminal space between, right? Like there is nothing to be done, there is nothing to do. You are simply in the space existing until yeah. you get to the next place. Decompressing, um, transitioning. Yeah. Yeah. Marchetti wrote to it in it, even people in prison for a life sentence, having nothing to do and nowhere to go, walk around for one hour a day in the open. What? So they're commuting say, to jail. But <laughs> what's important is not that life is a prison, Jeff. What's important <laughs> is that we look at what he's saying about the prison of life. Uh, if you're waking up, if you're waking up early in the morning and then you're working all day, you're coming home and then at night, you know, you're, we were joking around, but like you have a couple hours to yourself at night and then you go to sleep. Those two hours that you have for some people, that's your, that's your, that's your time out in the world. That's your time out, yeah. in, out in, out in the space. And so you kind of need that. Um, you so, need a, and it, and it does help you, like you were saying, uh, to psychologically separate home and work life. They, there have been like studies showing that like, we have work identities and we have home identities, right? Yeah. And I think something that a lot of us are seeing in 2020 and 2021 is the work identity and the home identity is not always compatible. Like work, like work Jeff may not work at home with family where family Jeff is supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's true. I think that, I mean, I think less, I mean, I guess that is true with me. But I think my kind of work is less um, inclined to fit into that mold. But I definitely see it with my wife. Yeah. Works a very corporate sort of nine to five normal job and isn't Mm -hmm. making goofy audio tracks for a living. You know. Right. Um, She she definitely has two modes and those modes are almost. they're they're impacted by the fact that she she can she has the ability now to separate the modes by simply walking out of her room. <laughs> you yeah. know, like like the mode has to change because she walked out to get a snack in the kitchen and interacted with the children and me and like 
she isn't able to stay in work mode and work persona all day long anymore. She, right. she has to transition multiple times a day rather than the one commute transition point. And sometimes you get them screwed up and then you're asking, you're asking your four-year-old, you're like, I want that <laughs> finger painting on my desk by 4 PM, Bobby. But, m- m- mommy, I, no I excuses. Try- I see the finger paints. I see the paper. I told you, paint me a bird. Uh, it's a bird. It looked like bird. No, Bobby. Bird. And wings. Yellow. I'm not upset. I'm disappointed. <laughs> you represent this entire family. I want that bird on my desk at 4 p.m. I'm giving you another chance to live up to your best. And then just walks into the, into the home <laughs> office, sits down and is like, Who's a good little quiet though? <laughs> you good little quiet though? You gonna you gonna renew your contracts with us? Hey, uh, uh, renew your contracts with us. <laughs> you gonna do it? Awkward. Who's a, um, who's a big boy that can renew contracts all on his own? Me, me. I'm a big. I'm. That's uh, right. And, what a and the big entire- boy. W.E. Mechanics Corporation is a big boy, I guess. Ooh, uh, W.E. Mechanics want to renew the contracts? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess 4% we do. 4% increase? <laughs> Who wants a 4% increase? You know, we weren't going to agree to that, but uh, when you put it that way, it, it, it sounds delightful. <laughs> what a good boy. Here comes the contract. Sign it. <laughs> um, the work mode and the home mode, like, you know, like you're saying, you and I have very different jobs, but I would notice it like and and um, like people I've been in relationships with notice it, too. Like yeah. I will come home from a shoot all day where I'm like hosty guy. Yeah. I'll come home and I'll just be I'll be doing bits. I'll be doing improv and I'll be like way up and just like goofing yeah. and like. And still on my, my ex would be like, Hey, can you calm down? <laughs> like, I don't yeah. want to do, I don't want to do a Herald with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't want to yes. And this, I just want to have yeah. dinner and tell you about my day. <laughs> <laughs> that is the story of my wife's life right there. That is, yeah. that is for sure. Yeah. And there is, there's a transitional period that is served by that that commute home that lets you become, you know, home Jeff again, or lets me become home Anthony again. So do you think that in this COVID existence that we're all still having to suffer through that we should just like get up and walk around for eight minutes? Like just, Oh, you know what? It just occurred to me, Mm. man, this is crazy. So I do the dungeon run on Wednesdays and part of my, process that I just sort of fell into for doing the dungeon run is that right before like we're, we do a, a tech test at 3 p.m. So that's really when the 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 work day of doing dungeon run starts and I'm sort of doing stuff right. and prepping early on Wednesday. But early on when we started doing it from home, I started for no other reason than I felt like I just needed some fresh air. I started like going and taking a walk around my neighborhood. And I went in this very specific place where I walk up this big hill that's right in my, right down the street from me. And I just walk, put on my mask, walk up this hill and walk back down it. And then I come inside and I take a shower and then I start. And yeah, it's just, I'm just sort of putting together the idea now that I'm basically commuting to work in that You're moment. You're doing a commute. Like, I thought it was just like, oh, I need to get fresh air, but it's become a routine that I do 
every time before we start recording. And I, you know, it's, it helps like clear my head and center me. And it, it is basically me transitioning. And I've never thought about it in those terms until just now. But yeah. that's exactly what's happening is that I'm commuting to work. It's totally what's happening. And a lot of these studies are saying, yeah, that's exactly what you should do. That's what we should all be doing right now wow. while we're at home. Like when it's time to go to work, the same way they tell you, hey, if you work from home, get up every morning, take a shower and put on work clothes before you sit yeah. down at your desk. Same thing. Take a little walk before you sit down to work from home. And then after you work, get up, walk around for 15 minutes, just go do something. And it's important <laughs> to think of that the same way you're like, oh, I didn't think of that as commute. I thought of it as me time. That's exactly what you're supposed to do. Yeah, You're supposed to think right. of your commute as me time. And people that do it, people that think of it as me time, that either use their commute to plan their day or think of their commute as, as like free time, as like time for themselves. Um, like I remember I used to, in New York, well, first of all, let me just finish that thought. Those people are much happier, right. much happier overall. And when I thought about it, I thought about, my commutes in San Francisco and LA or, and New York versus my commute since I've lived in LA, um, San Francisco and New York, I was sitting on public transit. I was reading a book. I had headphones on and I really thought about it as like, this is some good time. Like I enjoy this. I enjoy my reading and podcast time. And sometimes, you know, it's, it's in a super crowded train and it's not the most pleasant thing in the world, but like, you time it out and you give yourself time to get there like yeah that was nice yeah you know right. sitting on the bus yeah. in san francisco and looking out the window and just reading a book and listening to music was nice it's a little harder for me because i have so many negative associations with driving i really hate driving mm-hmm. um and i've been trying to rid myself of those i've actually started liking driving more in the last year just because i don't get to do it as much <laughs> and so now i think yeah. about it as a little treat right yeah uh, yeah, I mean, that's the, to me, that's, uh, you know, I've talked about this with regard to exercise, too, and running, you know, is is I would do little things like um, only allow myself to listen to the next chapter of the audiobook if I was mm-hmm. running. And yeah. so it it ha- it generated this positive connotation. It's like, oh, my gosh, running lets me hear the next part of the story. So I yeah. like running, you know, okay, and I think well, that you that's, like the story. <laughs> I like the story. Right. But it's right. It's connected. Running is garbage. <laughs> right. But that's what I mean. Like the, the, the thing with commuting too, or, or being in a car driving at all is, yeah. has become inextricably linked to me to like hearing the next part of the audiobook or listening to the next uh, podcast from a favorite podcaster or, you know, these things, which I sort of took for granted in the before times, but now that we're unable to do it, there's no reason to get in my car. I haven't been in my car for <laughs> days, uh, yeah, the, the, now that feels like a loss. It feels like, oh man, wouldn't it be great to just get in the car and drive and listen to a podcast? Mm. Uh, and I think that there, there is a kind of, there is a positivity now associated with that activity, man. When I, in the beginning of this thing for the first couple months, uh, when it was, it was basically, you know, it was, it was shelter at home and a lot of, a lot of jobs were, were shut down as they should have been, as they should have stayed. We see that now. It's fine. It's too late. Um, <laughs> and the ro- especially when the roads were much more empty, I was just going for drives every day. 
I was, I was putting dagger in the car. I was putting the dog in the car with me and I would go on like 30 minute drives. There was nowhere to go because nothing was open. Right. Like I wasn't going to anywhere. Right. But I was just like, okay, I'm just going to drive right now because it will make me feel better to just be out (laughs) in it. Well, there's another layer in my life, uh, which is that the other thing about being home is that I'm not alone ever. I mean, with the two kids and the wife, yeah, being home, there is never a point where I'm alone, but being in a car in a commute situation, I am alone. And there's something lost about that as well as this feeling of just like being by myself is mm-hmm. precious now, too. And uh, when I was commuting, you know, in the months before March, there there is something centering and meditative about just i mean even if you're blasting music at yourself or podcast or whatever it is yeah there's just something lovely about being alone when you haven't been alone a lot um yeah so uh that is that is what we have lost with the commute and like i said the studies all say hey if you just if you just get out and walk around for 10 minutes and just add these little dividers to your day um, you will find your day much more manageable and, uh, much more pleasant. I'm going to do that, I, dude. I, I, like I said, I've been doing it just on Wednesdays for this th- one thing that I do, but I think I'm going to start implementing that all week long because I, I never put it together, but it really helps. It really does make me feel good. And yeah. I never, I just thought, Oh, it's this weird thing that I do on that day. But now I, I, I really want to factor it in more frequently and make myself, uh, have more structure that way. I think that's such a useful bit of advice. And uh, we're not just saying that because we're part of big podcast and we need yeah, those no, numbers to go back You can definitely, if you're going to do that during your day, just throw a podcast on in your ear. Why not? You know, it's just like a commute. A it'll, it'll make you we feel have more like it's a commute. And 40 <laughs> episodes of this show in particular. Yeah. Some of them are bite-sized. Some of the earlier ones are bite-sized. You can, you can do a 15 minute walk and do those episodes. Yeah, come on. Check. Come on. Come on. And hey, if, after you do that, if you think, damn, this is a good show, you can head to patreon.com slash we have concerns. Yeah. And give part, us some money. It's just part of your commute to just go to patreon.com slash we have concerns <laughs> and throw us, you know, even a dollar a month gets you into the discord with all the cool folks who are also commuting and being awesome. Think of the discord as a as a train as a subway that isn't it isn't too crowded but there are just enough people there you oh, know there are the just enough subway. people there and you can just like you can hang out and you can chat not the people you know, chat like on the subway, subway but imagine <laughs> but imagine a chatting subway imagine, imagine a glorious clean chatting subway think of the normal subway and then undo all of the things that make it the subway and Im- yes and imagine these things these different things these are the different things that i'm asking <laughs> you to do and you can just make it a part of a little a little part of your day that just you use it to uh, to to delineate the different parts of your day and it'll make you much happier and you can do that for a dollar a month and then uh. for a little bit more a month, you can get bonus audio, extra episodes, all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, and it. also help Jeff and I uh, fucking pay our bills and shit. That's patreon.com slash we have concerns. Anthony, let's talk a little bit about climate change. You know, oh, it's a problem. Not real. Fake news. Hoax. It's a problem. I've come around on it. No, I've come around on it. And I, I just I really think it's just cyclical and it'll get yeah. better and it'll be fine. 
just how the world works now. Just that's just how Baby. it is. That's just how the world works. And if you try to tell me differently, if you try to tell me that this isn't how the world's worked in millions of years, I'll say, you wasn't alive then. You don't know. (laughs) Well, the listeners of our show uh, are not going to be swayed by such poppycock. They they know that not only is it important for us to get a handle on carbon dioxide emissions— but also a major contributor to global climate change, not just the stuff coming out of cars and, and you know, uh, com- internal combustion engines of all types. It is the stuff coming out of the cows. It is methane. Methane is a major problem, a major component in why global climate change is happening. And some would say it's the, it's the most... And the highest, uh, it's the most dangerous thing, and the highest concentrations of methane definitely comes from cows and not any other source. Don't look that up. I am 100% right, and I am not sponsored by ExxonMobil. Well, cows have a big impact. There are 1.6 billion cattle on Earth, and they produce a hell of a lot of methane that uh, is a problem. I personally don't eat beef, and one of the major reasons I don't eat beef is this problem. I feel like if we ate less meat in general and beef in particular, we could affect this problem. You're shaking your I head f- now. I feel no, I, I'm shaking, but I feel the same way, Jeff. We have got to get these cows off meth. You, the, well, that's We've I think you misunderstood. The less we support these cows by buying their delicious steaks the less they will make meth and the less meth they will sell. I think maybe you're and that's good for our children. A, that's good yeah. for our communities. The crime I mean, rates go down. Problems. Both the, the, meth, the meth thing is a problem and the cow Thank thing is you. a problem, but they're not. Thank you. And I'm glad that we're finally discussing it. I think you're, you're confusing. Uh, you think that the show is called staking bad. <laughs> <laughs> That was a good one. Come on. That was a good one. Don't, don't look at me like that. That was a good one. This, I, <laughs> Staking bad. You know, he, make, the, he makes meth in that show. The reason I'm looking at you is because <laughs> is because I can't yell at you because my bit was also not good. <laughs> that's that's why we keep the bar low, baby. No. Uh, yeah. So 1.2 right, so million. Let's talk about let's talk about the cows. 1.6 billion cows. And guess what? Guess what, Anthony? The Food and Agriculture Association of the United Nations predicts that over the next 30 years, beef and dairy consumption is going to rise by 70%. We're not getting off beef. Nobody's getting off beef. We got to get off beef. We've talked about this before. We've had episodes of the show. We got to get off the beef, dude. Got to get off the beef. But guess what, Anthony? What if, what if there was a different solution to help with this methane problem where we could still eat all the delicious beef we could want? I Are you still, ready? I still have other objections, but I'm willing to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> it's not well, just the meth. Although I do think the cows should get off the meth. But I, I, it's not just the methane that worries me. Yeah. Okay. But this is a solution for the methane problem. So there is a UK based company called Zelp that is here to help. And what they're doing, what they've decided, what they're introducing. Is that their actual slogan? Because it should be. It really should be. 
and I should get a cut because that's you remember good. that Dr. Seuss, Seuss book about the Zelps who were there to help. <laughs> Is that real or no? Yeah, there was a <laughs> I'm a Zelp and I am here to help. Maybe and that's where they got a, it from. And then there was a yurt who was there to hurt. Oh, I don't like the yurts. Anyway, Zelp, this company, has introduced a new invention that they have uh, are bringing to market. Dr. Seuss Estate, call me. <laughs> that is a potential solution to this methane problem. Now, I was under the impression, you hear methane, you hear cows. I was under the impression that most of the methane was coming out of the butthole, right? I thought we were talking about cow farts. Well, if cows are like me, then more of it comes out of the other end. Well, this is what's I'm shocked to learn in reading if this article. If cows are like me, they're they're burpers and not farters. Burpers and not farters. In fact, according to this article, which is on Wired, 95% of the methane that comes out of cows comes out of their face hole. Comes from burps. Burps not farts. Burps not Farts. Hashtag burps, not farts. So it, what do what do we do? Like give them five percent of the methane coming out of their buttholes. This is a shock a, to me. Shock. Give them some some gas X, some Beano. Have them stop well, drinking carbonated beverages. What do we there do? There have been some, frankly, disturbing uh, experiments in literally changing their biochemistry to make them burp less. But this is not what Zelp is introducing. <laughs> Zelp is introducing. Just, Jeff, I'm sorry. Can I just say? How fucked up is it that we're like, that we're yeah. like, well, these cows burp and we'd like it better if the cows didn't burp. We better fuck with their genes <laughs> yes. and also and like we better give yeah. them injections and weird chemicals and like we better yeah. fuck up these cows so they don't burp anymore. And nobody goes, what's that going to do the food? I mean, I'm sure people do go, what's that going to do the food? And the answer is, eh, it's nominal. <laughs> well, yeah, it's negligible, really. We could just still eat it. Isn't that the isn't that the problem? Isn't that what you're worried about? Is whether we can still eat it? Yeah, we can still eat it. Shut up. We can Shut eat up. it. I'm gonna make them burp less by I'm a, creating I'm a, a m- yeah. mutant. I'm gonna jack this into its eye three times a day. That's all it takes. <laughs> and then it doesn't burp. It only works in the eye. We don't know why. Yeah. I'm a yurt. Well, I'm here to hurt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that is not. Let's let us not. Allow you to be confused. That is not Zelp's okay. philosophy. No, Zelp is here, here to help. help. Exactly. Zelp has introduced a mask, a mask that fits comfortably on the cow's head with zip tie like mechanisms, no. allowing it to be adjusted to various cattle head sizes depending on the breed. No, no, it does not. Cow no. mask. No, it does not. Cow mask. <laughs> Cow mask. All right. It is applied to the cattle after they are about six to eight months of age, sits next next to its nostrils, and captures 95%. No, excuse me, 60%. 60% of the methane. Okay. All right. All right. That's still over half. I, I will say I would have liked it better if it was the 90 that you originally let off with, but that's okay. No, that was the that's statistic okay. about which you hole didn't make it comes the mask. out of. Yeah, um, I got confused. But sixty uh, percent it, it reduces methane emissions by sixty percent. Also, it evidently it's got sensors in this mask that only turn it on when it a burp uh, exceeds the the methane threshold. What do you mean by turning it on? Back me up here. 
tell me, ex- de- describe the mask to me. Okay, so basically right what now, happens- I'm picturing like a Batman-esque cowl around a, uh, around a cow, and that cannot be it. It's, no, but that would be awesome because it's it's bat cow. I guess it would be bat cow because there's no man yeah. involved. Yeah, there's um, literally no man involved. <laughs> no, this is like imagine, you know how uh, every human on the planet is wearing a mask right now. If they're cool, if they're a, yes. if they're a cool and decent and considerate human being, you know, how like every human is wearing that. Imagine that. Mm-hmm. But on a cow. OK, right? it's, it's just over their nostril and mouth. And all right. There's a sensor on the tip they, of the mask. Can they still eat with it on and stuff? Yeah, yeah. They can still okay. eat. I'll get, to, I'll get to all that in a second. So all there's right. a sensor that detects when the cow exhales and the percentage of methane that is expelled during that exhale. It doesn't, it doesn't activate during every exhale, only if their cow is belching a sweet one. You know, if like okay. it does the whole yeah. alphabet, you know, it's like... A, B, C, D, E, F, G, (laughs) you know, Uh, and when methane levels get too high, then the mask channels the gas towards an oxidation mechanism, which contains a catalyst that converts the methane into CO2 and water, which it then expels from the device. So basically these cows burp and then a fucking mess of water spits out. (laughs) So the cows burp, the, the catalyst basically... I would imagine it, it heats, I would imagine, the, the methane gas and separates it. That's, it's actually, that's, I mean, it's stupid, but it's, it's kind of cool. And I, I, like, it makes sense, <laughs> yeah. but it's stupid. It says it reduces methane's global warming potential to less than 1.5% of its original value. Wow. Now, they, to answer your other question... Zelp has conducted extensive behavioral trials because yeah. you can't just throw mask on a cow and expect the cow to behave like a cow, right? You got to no, make the cow's sure going to behave like a vigilante the moment you put a mask on it. <laughs> exactly. The cow is going to start solving. Nobody respected them until they put on the mask. <laughs> That's right. You know, we don't get the, the, the bat cow we deserve. We get the bat cow that we created in a laboratory. By sticking its eyeball with needle over and over. (laughs) So they ran a behavioral study on these on these cows and the cows are cool with mask. It it measured feeding activity, location Mm -hmm. and sexual receptivity to female cattle. So oh, you want to make sure are way more into the mask thing, way more into it. Like, like that's that, like, listen, spiked because the lady cattle was like, finally, somebody did something about that. <laughs> well, and also like, I just want to put out there. There's there's some people that are just into masks. Yeah. And I think they're probably like the same way cows are burpers, but just like people are burpers. <laughs> I think maybe there's some cows that are into masks the same way some people are into masks. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Yeah. I'm not saying about anybody in particular. I get it. That's all. Also, I've just looked up this mask, and it's definitely a sex thing. Yeah, have you seen it? Yeah, it looks pretty. Yeah, because you you described it as you described it as like a COVID mask, like we're all wearing. Oh no no no! This is like some leather daddy stuff. <laughs> yeah, it is more leather daddy. You're right. This You're right. this cow like it looks like this cow has a ball gag. Uh, but it does I mean, it's not. a little it higher on the face. It's a little. It's like more on the nose no, but it's, than. It's a leather strap that goes around the back of the cow's head, 
up yeah. to the jaw of the cow and where it would continue to make a ball gag. It instead uh, makes a ring, uh, a perpendicular ring around the cow. So it goes around yeah. the nostrils and then the lower jaw, giving it room to chew. But then yeah. there's a giant leather flap that goes over the nostrils right. that looks very S&M. It's pretty fucking sweet. You ask me. Yeah, I mean, I'm impressed that they're able to do this. Listen, and S&M have- fashion is like a very cool thing right now. Like the the working yeah. in of straps and things like that to actual fashion. So you're right. It I looks cool. It's very on trend. This cow is trend. This cow is trend forward. Yeah, well, clearly. But also it's impressive how little surface area it actually requires to do this effectively. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I, would, I would imagine a much larger device to be necessary to I thought it was going to be restrictive. Yeah. I, I was yeah. immediately picturing a restrictive device for the animal, but this literally is like, it's just a little, it's, it, it's not little cause it's a cow's nose, but it's a flap that goes over the cow's nose. And you were saying you, they were, they were measuring, uh, how much, how much they were eating sexual yeah. receptivity and, and just, just what general, general, just general cowness. Like, yeah. Do they <laughs> general cow? Are they still behaving they like, like a cow? Yeah. Are they doing cow around? <laughs> Are they doing cow stuff or like, oh, now they're doing like butt stuff. Are they they doing more or less cow stuff, would you say, since you put the mask on? Yeah. Uh, And uh, they, you know, the study is ongoing. They say Mm -hmm. they're still uh, they're still monitoring individual animals and identifying early signs of behavioral changes. But so far, they're still eating. They're still surviving and they're still, you know, making baby cows. So still cowing around. They're still doing cow stuff. And I'm you, the other thing that's cool about this mask is that it's basically because of the sensors inside, it's basically a data collection device. So it can also give us much more if if rolled out at scale, it could give us a much more efficient view as to a herd's pollution. Like we'll get a much better data as to what the actual methane levels that they're releasing per cow and in herds hmm. are. Now, see, this is interesting to me because I'm wondering if the methane sensor, I mean, it's doing data collection, so there's some sort of electronics in there. I'm wondering if the methane sensor itself is a mechanical or electronic methane sensor because the first thing that pops into my head uh, when you're talking about the utility of this thing is, you know, those, um, you know, you'll go in for like breath tests if a doctor is trying to figure out if you have digestive issues or uh, some sort of issues with your microbiome, you can take these breath tests where they will tell you if you have any sort of like, uh, sometimes they can tell you if you have food allergies, but with the breath tests, things like that. It would be fascinating if, in addition to collecting this methane and breaking it down, which is doing a service, you could make it even more valuable to farmers by also giving it some way to check in on the general health of your cattle. Right. Well, I think that would be a huge boon because the question I had was like, A, how much do these things cost? And B, right. what possible reason would a farmer have to invest in this? Right. If, if you had that be, layer, if you had the layer yeah. you're talking about where it like could help maintain the health of your herd, then maybe it, it has some benefit. But at this point, like it would have to be some sort of mandate or 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 program that put these out to try to, you know, curb. That's what I was going to say change. is this, this would have to be, I would have to imagine that the Zel, the, 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 the Zelps who are just here to help. Yeah. Uh, I would have to imagine that the Zelps are looking for 
some sort of government mandate or regulation which would require a specific percentage of all cattle to have to wear these things. Right. 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 Because there's no universe in which the individual farmers are going to be like, yeah, let's invest in all these things just to save the world because farmer don't care. No, I mean, I could see I could see some smaller farmers or some I could see this becoming a thing with with the organic movement or uh, or people who are very into the farm to table or uh, sustainability farming movement. I could see them, you know, adding it as like a, a, a little bit more of a prestige value. But we're talking about agribusiness, right? We're talking about yeah. telling, you know, the giant like Tyson and like right. all these giant meat providers that they have to do this. And there's no way, even if it's a, a small fee for each one of these masks, there's no way they're going to do it right. at scale. Um, it's kind I'm, of encouraging. It's it's such an outside the box type uh, approach. It, it seems to me because I would never think like, well, let's just capture the methane and change it at its source. <laughs> you know, yeah. let's just put it a bunch of masks on cows if I wore happens. one of those masks, would I be helping the environment? I think we should all, you know, we're wearing masks anyway. Let's just put some methane sensors in. If I wore, if, if I wore a ball gag, is that good for the environment? <laughs> yeah. Yes. I mean, I if by environment you mean my general amusement. <laughs> <laughs> so I, but can you imagine like everybody wearing like their their covid mask but you could be like oh you know when you like accidentally burp in your covid mask or you accidentally sneeze in your covid mask and it's like yeah. it's gross and it sucks yeah. what if i could sell you a product i'm here from zelp and i'm here to help and what if i could <laughs> tell you sir that yeah. you could wear a mask that isn't mask. just that isn't just a covid compliance mask but also mm. is connected to a system which would take the harmful and disgusting burps yeah and stop you from smelling your own burps all day and be better for the environment. Well, I'm interested. I do have one question, though. What is that? Do you have one of these for my butthole? More of a farter. I'm more of a farter. I'll be honest. More of a farter. Uh, we, we, do, we do at Zelp. We are here to help, and we hope <laughs> to help with that in Q2 2022. You know, right now we're really pants, focusing on burpers. Maybe a maybe an undergarment of, of, of a certain type. Are you asking strap? for some I'm sort of right right now we're doing we're mostly doing the ball gags. Are you asking for some sort of a plug? It's a, a plug or some sort of leather straps that I can wear mm -hmm. under, you know, a, a a subtle, let's say um not immediately obvious to the outside eye sure. solution that I can add to to my my anus. Less of a, what we say in the industry is less of a chap, more of a strap. This is why you get it, Zelp. This hey, is I'm here why to help. you get it. I, Can I call why, you Zelp? That's why the Dr. Seuss book, the final Dr. Seuss book, was never put into circulation. <laughs> it was just, it was a little too risque. Yeah. A little too yeah, risque. A, allow me to explain this. You put it on your anus. <laughs> I do like all of these thinking outside of the box solutions. I do. I enjoy blue sky solutioneering as much as the next uh, innovator. But here's what I'll say. You know what would help the most is if people just ate fewer cows. Yeah, but no one's doing that. 70% increase in the next 30 years, bro. Come on. I know. That's, what's, I know. that's what the that's what's going to happen is the we're all like, hey, maybe we should eat more cows. And they're like, more cows? Or maybe we should eat less cows. Is what I meant to say. And then they're like, more cows. But even, but even you can't say that. 
because yeah, you love those delicious cows. It's, it's not just, I don't eat any cows and I want to eat more cows. You know I want to eat saying? more cows. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and so I, as much as I love lab-grown beef and I love things like this and I love all this stuff, it's like these are – you're putting a finger in the dam. You're putting a Band-Aid on the – you know, on the on a missing yeah. limb. You know what I mean? We know what the problem is. The problem is that people eat too much beef. Yeah. And the and simple solution is eat less beef, subsidize the beef industry less. Yeah. Make beef more expensive. Yeah, that's the and real problem. I mean, th- this, this solution doesn't speak to all the other problems that uh, huge numbers of cows cause, which is you know the the land that they take up, the amount the water, of water, the yes, uh, all the of amount the of resources. resources. Yeah, it, it doesn't it doesn't change much. Uh, but it does give these cows sweet masks. I mean, it does allow sweet cows S&M masks to do crime fighting and also to live out whatever fantasy they want to live out. And I like yeah. that for the cows. So far, of all the non let's stop eating beef solutions that we've seen, I'm going to give this one the gold star so far. This is the front runner. Yeah, it's certainly the sexiest. It's definitely the sexiest. And I'm saying that like academically <laughs> and not personally. <laughs> Yes, of course, because we course. are an award-winning science podcast. We wouldn't delve into something as crass as judging the sexiness of a scientific solution. We don't work blue. We never have. We never, <laughs> never will. have. Never will. Show me one time where we've ever worked blue. Show me one time. Show me one person who still uses the phrase worked blue. All right. What am I, my grandfather in the cat skills? What am I? Yeah. Uh, hey everyone, what do you think about solutions like this? What, what what do you think we need to do? Let's 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 say Peoples is going to eat the beef. Yeah, they is. is this a is this a good solution or what other solutions have there have you seen? We would love to hear from you either uh, on the subreddit we have concerns.reddit.com or on the aforementioned Discord. You know we're hanging in the Discord. Great place to be. Great folks to be with. All it takes is a buck a month. Patreon.com slash we have concerns. Until then, hey, live your life. Don't kink shame cows. And that's all we got to (laughs) say.